You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Greetings, beloved. Welcome to another episode of Doctrine and Duty. It's me, Brian Ray, back with you. And we are taking a an extended journey, a long journey through the abstractor principles. Not too long. We're just taking taking the subject matter uh, one at a time. And I uh, hope you've had a great uh, spring slash heading into summer thus far. And hope you're having a good week this week. It's uh, always good to join you uh, each Thursday through the podcast ministry. Hope you're you and your family are doing well, praying and hoping that you are trusting the Lord and serving Him with joy and purpose. So this week, we have arrived at section 13, which is the perseverance of the saints. This is one of my all-time favorite doctrines. A um, little bit of background, I grew up in the church, always been Southern Baptist, and uh I uh, went to a Southern Baptist College where I would uh, get a Bachelor of Science in Nursing degree. Um, God would call me to preach in the middle of that, and I decided to go ahead and finish that degree and went to seminary uh, to get my master's, went to seminary, a different seminary to get my doctorate degree. But when I got to seminary, I, I didn't know much doctrine at all. And so when I got there, um, I loved doctrine. I loved to learn about uh, the Word of God and the different doctrines of our faith. And so um, when I came across this one, I was so excited because of my strong and high view of Scripture and my strong and high view of Jesus Christ and His uh, atonement for our sins, paying for our sins in full. I was really delighted with this doctrine, the perseverance of the saints, also called the eternal security of the believer. Uh, just knowing that Salvation is a work of God, and since it is authored by God, it lasts, it sticks, it, it is done, it cannot be undone. If salvation were up to you and me, if, if it was something based upon something that we could do, then obviously we would not be persevering, we would not be eternally secure. But it is not, it is not based upon something that we have done, did, doing, or would do, it is based upon something that Christ has already done. So, the perseverance of the saints, and one of my favorite passages of Scripture that really deals with this, is in John's Gospel, chapter 10. So before we even look at the, the doctrine of, that's found in the abstract, I want to read to you John 10, verses 27 through 29. My sheep hear my voice. Obviously, this is Christ speaking. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. I love how this passage talks about the sheep. And, of course, Jesus is the good, the great shepherd. We hear his voice. We know him. We follow him. That is our calling. That is how we are equipped. We are set apart to serve and follow Jesus. We are equipped with the Holy Spirit of God to urge and push us in that direction. It says, and, and, and that we will... We will have eternal life and we'll never perish. So for the believer, that means that the moment that we take our last breath on earth, we enter into the presence of God. So we have eternal life. We will never perish. Um, death is just this segue, if you would, into eternity. And then it says this, no one will snatch them out of my hand. That means that you're eternally secure, that you're not going to get to heaven and slip 
and fall and uh, fall out of heaven or in the presence of God. You're not going to somehow do something or experience something that would somehow unsave you. No one, not even Satan himself, will snatch them out of the hand of Christ. And then it says, no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. That means that uh, Christ's finished work on the cross eternally secures us so that there is no way that someone who is truly saved can ever be unsaved. Now, there was a doctrine uh, that was in the Southern Baptist Church when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s. It was pushed and promoted. It was, it was very similar to this, but the doctrine was once saved, always saved. What's the difference, you say? Well, the way it was presented to me in the 70s and 80s was more of an easy believism. In other words, it doesn't really matter what you do, doesn't matter how you act, as long as you uh, prayed a prayer, walked the aisle, got dunked, uh, became a Dunkin' Pumpkin or uh, a baptized Baptist, uh, just pray a prayer, um, you know, the get out of hell, the get out of hell free pass. Uh, that's all this doctrine seemed to mean when I was growing up. It was preached and proclaimed in all the the pulpits around. Once saved, always saved. Well, yes, if you're truly saved then you will always be saved. But the problem is that it, this doctrine was minimized, and, and the whole point was to drum up numbers and to get people to pray prayers, get people to join the church so that our numbers would look well. And um, that is just not a good view of this doctrine. And so the perseverance of the saints or the eternal security of the believer, these are much better. So why don't we jump into the abstract uh, now that we've had about a five- or six-minute intro. Here it is. Those whom God hath accepted in the Beloved and sanctified by His Spirit will never totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace, but shall certainly persevere to the end. And though they may fall through neglect and temptation into sin, whereby they grieve the Spirit, impair their graces and comforts, bring reproach on the church and temporal judgments on themselves, yet they shall be renewed again unto repentance and be kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. So. Um, the Baptist Faith and Message, Baptist Faith and Message Statement 2000 says, All true believers endure to the end. Those whom God has accepted in Christ and sanctified by His Spirit will never fall away from the state of grace, but shall persevere until the end. Believers may fall into sin through neglect and temptation, whereby they grieve the Spirit, impair, um, uh, and, and so on, impair their graces. So it, it's basically very similar to uh, the abstract from 1858. So what you have was, in the Baptist Faith and Message, you have that statement that that came out in 1925 based upon the abstract principles from 1858, right? And then it was done, it was redone, reworded in 1963, and then it was reworded again in the year 2000. And so this statement's been overhauled three times since the foundational statement uh, came out, which was the abstract. So let's begin. Those whom God hath accepted in the Beloved. Well, God has accepted us in the Beloved, because of Christ's work of salvation and his uh, we're saved by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone according to the scriptures alone for the glory of God alone. So if we have been accepted in the beloved that means we've been saved, we've been converted, regenerate. Um, those whom God hath accepted in the beloved and sanctified by his spirit. Remember sanctification seems like we talked about that last week maybe. Is this process of spiritual health and growth that begins the moment that we're saved but it never ends. And so the people who are saved and the people who are being sanctified, it says, will never totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace. Well, that's exactly what John 10 just described to us, that if you are truly saved, you stay saved. If you're truly saved, you can't be unsaved. Uh, You can't unsave yourself because you didn't save yourself. 
others can't unsave you because others didn't save you. Jesus saved you, and Jesus will never unsave you according to his own promise. So, it says that true believers will never totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace. Because remember, the state of grace is a work of God, not a work of man. And so instead it says, shall certainly persevere to the end. Very interesting. Shall certainly persevere to the end. Now this is, this is where the struggle comes in or the tension comes in. What about someone who? What about someone who prayed? What about someone who got baptized? What about someone who joined the church when they were younger, but they never lived for God? They never, ever lived for God. They never followed Christ. They never uh, went to church. They never uh, practices, practiced the disciplines of grace. What about those people? Well, it seems that they were never saved because according to the Word of God, if you're truly saved, you will persevere to the end. You will have hiccups. You will have sins. You will have lapses. You will have struggles. You will need to repent daily. You will turn away, but you will always come back because you will not totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace. It says, and though they may fall through neglect and temptation into sin. This is certain, beloved. This is certain. We are sinners saved by grace, but we remain sinners until we're in the presence of God. And so we're still going to um, fall back. We're going to neglect. We're going to be tempted into sin. We're going to grieve the Spirit. It says, whereby they grieve the Spirit, impair their graces and comforts, bring reproach on the church, and temporal judgments on themselves. So, whenever we sin, we grieve the Spirit of God. Uh, I love the way that is worded uh, in, in the Scriptures in the New Testament. And, and Ephesians 4 talks about um, the filling of the Spirit, the grieving of the Spirit. Uh, we are to be led by and filled with the Spirit as opposed to grieving the Spirit of God. So whereby they grieve the Spirit, impair their graces. In other words, when we sin, our graces and comforts are impaired. We're not walking with the Lord faithfully when in moments of sin. And so uh, there's an impairment of our judgment. Uh, it's kind of like being under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Our judgments are impaired. Spiritually, we are impaired when we're in sin. And it says also when we're in sin that we bring reproach on the church. Um, there have been times where we say things or do things that would not be a good testimony on the church because of the way in which we've lived our lives or the choices we've made. It says, and temporal judgments on themselves. So we also come under God's discipline and judgment because we are, remember, He loves us. He's our Father. We're His children. And a good Father, what? He loves His children in such a way that He disciplines them. To not discipline would be to not love. And God is love, so God will discipline. So we bring temporal judgment on ourselves uh, by way of God says, yet they shall be renewed again. Praise God. Uh, God doesn't throw us away. God doesn't unsave us. God forgives us as we repent, and we shall be renewed again unto repentance. So as we repent, there is a renewal, there is a refreshment, there is a do-over, if you would, not of getting saved over, but of living the Christian life for the glory of God. So whenever we repent, we are renewed, and we are always going to be kept by the power of God. This is something that doesn't go away. We are always going to be kept, if we're truly saved, by the power of God through faith unto salvation. And so we praise the Lord for His goodness and grace uh, toward us. So that is our doctrine. It is our duty to rejoice in this salvation that God has wrought for us and to rejoice in the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. Rejoice in the eternal security of the believer. Uh, what are some take-homes? Number one, be sure of your salvation. Make certain that you're saved. Paul said to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Make certain that you didn't just pray a prayer, get dunked in the pool, join a church, but that you truly got Jesus and that you are saved. Number two, repent, pray, study, and trust daily. 
Number three, uh, live a life of faithful and joyful obedience to the Lord. And number four, be led by the Word, be fed by the Word. Be led by the Spirit, be protected by the Spirit. Okay, folks, well, we are running into that 12-minute time frame. Whoa, that's been a great one. Uh, Listen, I love you. And uh, praise the Lord for you joining in uh, this week for another episode of Doctrine and Judy. Remember, it's about what we what we need to know. Uh, it's about that head knowledge, and it's also about living the life for the glory of God. Because our lives, our salvation, our experience is not just this head knowledge experience. But once we're saved, we need this knowledge. We need the Word of God. We need to learn doctrine. And then we let it shape our lives. So what we know and then the choices we make based upon what we know Uh, doctrine, and duty. You take care. Uh, Join us at Alexander Baptist Church online, Facebook, YouTube, uh, website, abch.org. And if you're anywhere near Chesapeake, Virginia, please join us. And Hampton Roads, please join us. Hey, if you want to drive down from Richmond, we'll take you. If you want to drive up from North Carolina, we'll take you. All right, listen, God bless you. Have a super rest of the week. And don't forget to worship the King congregationally on Sunday. Take care. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.